you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 10. If you don't, the scripture is going to be up here. So how many of you thought that Jesus only had 12 disciples? I had a, a kid at one church when this story came up. He was like, when did, they, when did there, there get to be more? And I said, well, there were a bunch of people who followed Jesus. <clears throat> well, why don't we have their names? Why do you think we don't have the 72's names? Because somebody would have gotten forgotten, right? <clears throat> Thank you. Or you would have misspelled somebody's name. The real reason is because parchment is expensive and listing out those names would have, would have cost more. But what this story tells us is Jesus took his disciples, and earlier in the gospel he had sent out 12. This time he sends out six times as many to do this work, to go and get everything ready for him to preach the good news. So he sends them out. Um, what, what do you think they needed to do to get people ready? What do you think they needed to do? Think about um, how many of you knew there was a football game yesterday? Lois is being feisty. She asked if I was sure there was a football game. So how did you know yesterday was college football opening day, Purdue had a game? How did you know? Do what? Advertising. Media. People said, hey, there's a game coming. Clear your schedule. And for everybody who lives on the west side, go to the store while the game's going. Get off the road. Am I right, Joanna, or am I right? You avoid certain areas, and at one point, you just don't go out. You just don't go out. So, so the... You advertise so people can be ready, so people can anticipate, so people can experience what you want them to experience. That's what they were going to do. Go ahead and go to the next verse. So if somebody gives you, there's a lot of work to do. There aren't many people doing it. Sorry, I was on the next verse in my head. Verse three, if somebody tells you, what, what do wolves do to lambs? They slaughter them. They don't just eat them. They slaughter them. They rip them apart. If your boss said, hey, there's this meeting and everybody's hostile, they want to kill somebody, good luck. How many of you would be like, sign me up? I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Note, at this point, the disciples have already been with Jesus for about a year, maybe two of the three years, they had seen people come and question him. They had seen people oppose him. They had seen people and heard people yell at him. So they knew some of what they were getting into. They knew some of it. So not only does Jesus say, go out into this hostile crowd, but he tells them in the next verse, don't take anything for yourself. Just go, everything will be taken care of. Now, they are going out to get things ready for Jesus, 
nobody has gotten anything ready for them. And Jesus tells them, don't worry about it. Let's say your boss sends you on a cross-country trip and says, leave the company credit card and any other money behind. Just go to the gas station and ask them to fill her up for free. Does this make any sense? No. No. Don't greet anyone on the road. I always think that one's the weird one. Why not? Somebody says hi, you just walk by. Don't make eye contact. I don't understand that one. None of the commentaries really made it help make any sense either. Go ahead and go to the next verse. So when you enter a house, so when you go, when you stop to stay somewhere, you give that house your peace. Um, I was talking with one of our early learning employees and the subject of a house blessing came up and they said, I thought that was just a Catholic thing. And I said, oh no, that's a Christian thing. We bless houses. It comes from the Jewish tradition in Deuteronomy where you would mark your house the doorpost with the law, with Torah, right? Place it upon your home. And so the tradition is you bless the house. When you go to somebody's house, then they open their house to you and, and you bring your peace and your blessing to them. Have you, have you ever had a house guest who came in who was just a jerk? You know what it is to have somebody who didn't bring peace to your house, if you have. If you've had somebody who's demanding and who's grumpy and who's mean, staying at your home. When you go to a place, you're to be the kind of people that peace comes with you. The peace comes with you. If they welcome you, let your peace remain on their house. Go ahead and go to the next verse. If they don't, when Jesus says the, the peace won't, won't remain with them, let's be real honest. If, if you go bringing peace to somebody and they don't bring peace back to you, they didn't have peace to begin with. So this is why it will return to you. And it's not like if you give your peace away, you don't have peace anymore right? It's not like pie. You keep serving and there's always more. When the disciples would go out, they would find people ready to welcome them at open tables like we have here. And when they went to places, they would find sometimes multiple people who would want to host them, to take care of them. Go ahead and go to the next verse. So imagine you are one of those 72 going out. You go and you get to a place, and the first person who welcomes you in communities, who are often the first people who welcome strangers? Pastors, no. In that day, it was the poor and the outcast. Why? because they know what it's like to not be welcome, right? 
And so you go into a community and the people who welcome you are those who need the good news the most. Those who need healing the most. Those who need to know that God is about to upend the way it is and make it so that the poor have enough. Who's going to respond to that message? The poor. So imagine you get welcomed into one of those homes. On my way in this morning on on PBS, there was a guy sharing his recipe for greens, collard greens. African-American who, it was an old slave recipe that had passed down in his family. You know why the slaves ate the greens? Because the owners didn't want them, right? So they learned to make masterpiece out of the trash. Now, I tried to make greens once. Don't mock me. You'll have to ask my children about the experience. They still remember it. It was two churches ago. (laughs) It was memorable. I don't make greens anymore. But imagine you're in a house where they're serving greens. And somebody else says, please come to my house and stay with me. We'll have steak and lobster tonight. What does it tell the person who's serving greens if you go? They're not good enough. (coughs) Stay where you're welcome first. Honor that welcome. Don't just go from house to house. Ooh, cake, right? Go ahead and go to the next verse. Same thing, sorry. Last verse, Jesus gives them the work they're supposed to do. Get to the next verse, thank you. Go and heal people and tell them the kingdom of God is near. For these folks, hearing that God had heard their cry, is a echo of hope that goes all the way back in their history. When Moses was tending sheep for Jethro and he saw the burning bush and stepped aside, God said, I have heard my people's cry for help. Throughout the history of the people Israel, I have heard my people's cry for help is a refrain that comes through prophets, through kings, through judges. That God is a God who hears you. The kingdom of God drawing near tells these people, God has heard our cry and the kingdom of Caesar is fading and God's kingdom is going to bust over their heads. 
heal the sick, and tell them God has heard you. That was the work they were sent to do. On this Labor Day Sunday, what is the work that God has for us to do? And how does that work help heal broken people, broken systems, and confront those broken systems with the kingdom of God reality that all people matter to God, not just those who have the means to pay? So we come to prayer. So we come to prayer. There is a growing despair among people in our community. Not just our community, but, but the world as a whole. Um, they see the rich getting richer. And even those who would not consider themselves poor look and wonder how they're going to make ends meet. Right? Looking into retirement and hearing people say, well, we'll make sure that Social Security is okay for this group of people, but for those of you entering the workforce, it's not going to be there for you even though you have to pay into it. True statement said this week. kingdom of God is here. And every time we work to end oppression, every time we welcome people, every time we make life a little bit better, every time we ease somebody's pain, every time we comfort those who are hurting, every time we lift up a broken heart, every time we say, you're not alone, the kingdom of God shows up among us. So as we come to pray, I invite you to be the kind of people who bring that kingdom of God, who bring your peace to every place you encounter.